protecting what they're doing. That is shameless and Absolutely. reckless journalism. Absolutely. That's horrendous. Horrendous. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. Hey, Willie. Um, I'm calling in again yep. for another hey, edition of the Hopper. Yep. I had the flu this week. Uh-huh. It's been a rough winter for me, my man. I know you have been nasty, cold, really, really and COVID, sick. Yeah. And then the flu. Yeah. Um, and I've had COVID three times, but I can tell you the flu. Yeah. The flu is horrible. Really? More yeah, than COVID? I mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, not what people say when they say the flu. Often they just refer to any kind of throw-ups. Um, but that's actually a rotavirus. The, the flu, influenza, you know, with like the crazy fever. And yes, the, yes, yes. The weakness and the, yeah, the racing heart laying in bed. You, you feel like you can't even, you know, get up. Yeah. And uh, I had a flu shot and I think it kicked in. Um, but that first day before it really kind of took effect, I was just miserable. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling in just so that I don't expose you yeah. in case I'm. Still contagious, but I don't think that I am. Okay. Um, but, How are you uh, feeling now? I'm. You know, it takes a while to recover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been uh, sleeping long hours and just weak. Um, I took a walk yesterday, and I took a walk today. Okay. And um, I feel o- okay. You the know, weather's like, been nice. Yeah. Thankfully, that's that's helping. Yeah. Uh, just to improve my attitude, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Well, have, anyway, you, have you got the mental capacity, uh, even with the flu, to to pull something out of the hopper so we can talk about it? You know, I'm not sure I had the mental capacity before the flu. <laughs> but Well, uh, I wasn't going to say anything, but since yeah, you brought I mean, it up. <laughs> I mean, we keep running with this anyway, despite my lack of mental capacity. So right, right. I don't see any difference here. Let's just <laughs> let's kick it off. Um, no, I mean, obviously, we need we were going to talk about universal basic income. But yeah, uh, there's a war going on now. There is, and everyone's talking about that, and and I feel like we need to say a few things about it. That's a good idea. Um, we've we've already recorded the episode, the, the second follow up episode for um, Universal Basic Income, and and seriously, that's going to come out next week. But we got to talk about the war. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, um. I just want to wrap up the last uh, thought. I, I don't want to be insensitive. I, I know I passed away from COVID. Um, so uh, COVID for me has not been as bad as the flu. Oh, fair the enough. The flu has been, yeah. Uh, but uh, sorry to anyone who's who's uh, lost people from, from COVID. I'm not trying to be insensitive. Sure. Um, uh, the way good. it's impacted me, yeah, COVID was, uh, was an, an annoyance. That I couldn't seem to get rid of, but it, but the flu really, it really kicks me down, yeah. beat me down hard. But um, anyway, so yeah, this this war, yeah, I, I think it's kind of caught everyone by surprise um, that uh, that Russia would do this. It seems strange. It does, um, and yet, as I've tried to look into that, I've discovered a few possibilities of what's going on. Okay. Um, 
And one of them is that Putin has a, a romanticized idea of the former USSR. Yeah, that seems former pretty KGB clear. Agent. Yeah, and he's looking to return its glory. And this is no different than Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler in World War II was so embittered from the loss at World War One, yeah. uh, of which he was a soldier. You know, he made uh, France sign a um, surrender in the same place that Germany signed a surrender. Mm. Uh, so he, you know, it's it's a very uh, vindictive, restorative thing in their minds, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, and, and so he wants. I think he felt a lot of shame or or pain from the the collapse of the Soviet Union, and he's been kind of, you know, biding his time and building and preparing to 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 build empire again. Uh-huh. Um, along with that, I also read that he is uh, he is a Christian nationalist. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but they're of course Russian Orthodoxy. Right, it's, um, so it's... they're very different than than American Christian nationalists. That's right. But he wants uh, a a rather uh, state-led church or a, a church and state that are so congruent. Everyone's Russian Orthodox, and yeah, yeah. Um, and so he is he is really opposed to the liberalism of Europe pressing in all around him. Right. And you know, uh, Kiev or Kiev is what I used to call it. Um, I don't know what you say now. Uh, Kiev was the is the kind of the the center of the Rus, who you know we would get Russia. Right, uh, right. Kiev was was like the the primary city, and that's in Ukraine. Right. And so they they there's you know in his mind you can't Ukraine can't be anything other than Russia. Um, you know it, it's first city, its heartland is in, in Kiev. So um, in his mind, they have to take Ukraine. Um, but to the rest of the world, this this is shocking and appalling. Um, yeah, you know, NATO is an alliance that is uh, a defense alliance, but Russia has been attacked by Napoleon, um, by the Nazis. Uh, they have they have some historical reason to be concerned about Europe, but it just doesn't seem in our day and age that NATO is of any kind of threat um, and it's really been spun into his, his uh, justification, you know, delusion. Yeah. So. Well, I can say, uh, <laughs> let me, let me try and take Putin's perspective here. Although that's, yeah. you know, I, I uh, have difficulty doing that because I think that he is um, clearly in the wrong. There's no question yeah. about it. His justification is wrong. However, when you say that NATO is not at all a threat, it is a defensive alliance, and so there's, it's not seeking to attack him. However, however, um, a few of the um, nation states that were formerly a part of the USSR uh, right. are part of NATO now. Right. And, and I can understand how he might take offense. I don't think he should. But I can understand well, that that like yeah. okay if it's if, if he has in his mind and it makes sense that he does that it's Russia versus the West, uh, you know communism or uh, uh, you know that sort of thing uh, versus the West, then the West is represented by NATO has taken over, you know his former kids, Russia what you know what uh, 
And so it's a, it's a threat, not so much militarily maybe, but ideologically. Right. And I think that's, I think that's where I'm coming down to. He, he's, yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, what Europe represents to him, he has spoken out against in years gone by. Um, and, and controversially so too. Yes. Um, and so this is a, uh, this is an old country. It's a historic, you know, love that he has that, um, he sees not only fractured, but then falling into what has always been to him, the enemy, Yeah. uh, the West, Yeah. you know, and along with that, the liberalism and the, um, the secularization of Christianity and, of course, the Russian Orthodox Church, which probably has some pros and cons. I don't know a lot about it. Um, but you know, I, I know, know that they have endorsed Yeah, they have endorsed this action of his. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because I think it basically now they they are far more organized, um, you know, than evangelicals. Um, and so there's a hierarchy and all like that. But yeah, the Russian Orthodox Church, I think, is basically Christian nationalists. What it means yeah. to be a Christian then is to be a Russian. What it means to be a Russian is to be a Christian. And right. so, uh, of course, they're going to support their guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the I think also everyone's really surprised, pleasantly surprised, at how the Ukrainian folks have been fighting and defending their turf and the sacrifices that they're making. Yeah. Uh, that's... It's, um, it's amazing. It's heroic. It's commendable. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, this is a group of people that say, Hey, this is who we want to be. Our ideologies have changed. If you want to put it that way, Uh we're we're no longer thinking like you are. Um, there's a large Christian church there in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and they, they want democracy and they want uh, a lot of things that, that I think should progress to progress. Yeah, uh-huh. and they're willing to, to fight and die for that. Um, and you know, I, I have a, a friend who's a Ukrainian, uh, former pastor in uh, Virginia, and he has, of course, got lots of family over there. He lived there till he was ten, and is mm. just—I I felt so much burden for him. Yeah, um, knowing that that he is not going to know where everyone is at all times, or whether there's still a nation there, or what's happened right. uh, each night is um you know there's a there's a long convoy of tanks and missiles coming yeah um yeah and its folks are scattered and uh, you know it's a humanitarian crisis that's happening with the the refugees and oh yeah um, i just feel so it's just it's really made it personal it's connected me in a way that's you know more than just someone looking and saying this is terrible uh-huh. this shouldn't be happening it's it's 2022 yeah why is this happening and yeah um, you know, the imperialism needs to go away. Why can't we keep our boundaries um, where they are? Why do we have to keep doing this? Uh, this this means war forever if we can't just establish boundaries and keep them globally, right? Yeah. Um, these these border disputes seem to be what war is all about. Um, and that's troubling. But when I think about people that I know and uh, his family, you know, running, hiding, being shelled, it really, it draws it into sharp focus. I spend lots of time praying about it. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of folks there in Ukraine who are trying to defend themselves against an aggressor, and it's uh, it's terrible. Yeah. 
Um, I've, I've really enjoyed watching the response of the world trying to unite and rally mm-hmm. um, yeah. most of the world, not all the world. There's some people that are disappointing, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I do think that this could be uh, the moment of change for a lot of the East yes. um, and the weakening of Russia and it's this kind of old ideology, yeah. um, this, this, uh, the old ways and the, the love of Mother Russia is is not going to be um framed the same way forever i hope I, you know of course i want everyone to love their country and to their heritage and all that but there are things that that need to be um changed in every culture yeah that's right and to to love what's good about your culture and to reform what's not good that's true for yeah, yeah for everybody yeah and the folks that have been standing up in the Russians um, who are standing up and saying no war and they're protesting and they're being arrested. And, you know, uh, talk about the old ideology of Russia. They, yeah. they could be shipped off to Siberia or just Absolutely. done away with. Yeah. That's who knows right. what's going to happen to those people. That's right? right. That's right. And that kind of courage is is really awe inspiring. I mean, really, it just it, it does something to the human soul to say that they're willing to stand up in front of their own government and take the heat. To protest what they know is wrong. Yeah, it's really a it's a wonderful thing. Uh, I it, mean, it's tragic, but it's also inspiring. Indeed, it is for me as well. Yeah, I think that yeah. that uh, uh, that kind of protesting, when it has the potential to cost so much, is very very admirable. Yeah, I, I'll tell you though, uh, <laughs> as as um, head scratching as it is to see. Putin's actions and this this rather shameless attack of another sovereign state yeah. is the confusion I had at Donald Trump's statements and some of the conservatives who support Trump come what may. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now, I'm not as surprised that, that Trump said something outlandish because he has a, a history of that. Sure. Um, I often joked when he was in the White House that they should put one of those those shock collars on him and give the remote <laughs> control to, <laughs> to to Pence or somebody. And every time he starts to say something stupid about grabbing a woman in her genitals, he, you know, he can push a button and shock him. Right, 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 right. <laughs> bring him to his his senses. Yeah. Um, so I'm not as like what he says is not as important to me or as shocking or whatever. But the fact that there are some conservatives who who uh, who hold that sentiment. And it, it tells me of the political polarization in our country that when you see an aggression like Russia attacking Ukraine and it is just wrong through and through and people are dying and the not just the loss of life, but everything else associated with the property destruction, the, yeah. the trade problems. I mean, it's just it's a global calamity. Yes. To, to say in your mind, you know what, but Russians are conservative, and I like that. And they're fighting against uh, European liberalism, and I like that. Um, I cannot get there. Uh, yeah. That, that, is a, that just does not compute to me um, when you look at the, the atrocities of war and something in you says, yeah, but at least – Putin is strong and fighting for his conservative values, and and you herald that. Um, you know, um, that leads me—yes, I have been very confused by, about that as well, and I've been thinking a, a bunch about that. 
it's a it's a it's a thought uh, uh, thought pot that has been in my brain for a long time that I have been stewing in, and uh, what I think is going on is you is and now this happens on both the right and the left, but right now we're talking about the right and it, because I think that's more on display with this war than on the left, but. Uh, you've got folks who just are not able somehow to nuance. Here's what I like about this person, and here's what I don't like about this person. Here's what I like about this policy, and here's what I don't like about right. this policy. It's all or nothing. Right. 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 And so, uh, you know, Tell does, the party line. does Putin have things, uh, you know, that he advocates for that are good? Oh, well, of course. Right. All of right. us do. Everybody does. And uh, right. are there things that are bad? Yes, all of us do. And so, uh, and I could say the same thing about Donald Trump. You know, we rag on Donald Trump a bunch, and rightfully so. But are there things that he stood for, that he stands for, that I would agree with? Absolutely. There's no question in my mind about it. And right. uh, and, and I've got no problem talking about those things. There's a, right. We need to be able to nuance. We need to be able to nuance. And I think the yeah. liberals liberals are actually having a hard time with it. Um, it's not on display right now, but they're having a hard time with it with Joe Biden, where they're saying, uh, he is our guy, so we have to like everything that he does. And right. they're having a hard, hard time with a lot of what he's doing, uh, but they can't say that. And so yeah. they have to endorse everything, even through gritted teeth. And so... Uh, yeah, so conservatives saying, yeah, oh, well, Putin is say, is uh, for a traditional sexual ethic, so therefore uh, everything has to be good. Or if I criticize him, I'm also criticizing his view of his of a sexual ethic. Well, wait a sec. Right. No, we can parse, you know. <laughs> right. If he's wrong about one thing, that doesn't mean that he's wrong about everything. And if he's right, right. about one thing, that doesn't mean he's right about everything. I think that this is really fueled by the media and the rise of the quote expert, um, you yeah. know, the expert testimony and the uh, the villainizing of the of anyone who disagrees as a really it, it's a not only is it a logical fallacy, yeah, but it, it it's it's really um, a shameless power grab to try yeah. to influence people in your direction without without real. A real buy-in. It's more of an emotional manipulation. Yeah. Um, I have a great example of it actually right now because um, you know I was looking into this. Why are conservatives, uh, other than their just shameless pursuit of Trump, um, really think he's like some kind of um, you know uh, Christian hero for the country? Um, why are they saying anything about this that would that would in any way say it's anything other than horrible? Yeah. And I, I led me to an article that is uh, on MSNBC, and it's called "Why White Evangelical Christians Are Putin's Biggest American Fan Base." Mm. Um, this came out a couple of days ago, and as I was reading through, uh, they have a quote here from Lauren Witzke, um, a GOP candidate for the Senate in Delaware. And they have her saying, quote, okay, hold on just a second. Hold on. Yeah. I, I want to hear your quote. But yeah, at, even the title of that, I, I'm not sure exactly where you're going with this, but yeah. uh, and, but, but I want to hear where you're going with it. But the title yeah. of the article, why evangelicals white are the large, evangelical white evangelicals Christian. are the largest fan base. I think it's a terrible title. Um, it's extraordinarily misleading and and in um, in inflaming of. Uh, you know, it 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 is polarizing, because yeah. uh, I mean, even the title is 
because it's it, yes. A- anyway, I'm sorry. I'm keep going, but I'm just uh, I'm already on edge. I don't like the title. It's yeah, it's, it's trying yeah. to polarize. It is. It is. And then reading the article, it is. It gets horrific. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, you were going to quote. Yeah, yeah. Quote. Here's the deal. Russia is a Christian nationalist nation. They're actually Russian Orthodox. I identify more with Putin's Christian values than I do with Joe Biden. End quote. Um, now there's there's a um, uh, an, an ellipse there, a dot dot dot. Uh, so they cut they cut something out of that yeah. quote. Uh-huh. Um, so it makes me wonder, you know, what what they've already rigged. Right. But um, as I keep reading and uh, you know get further and further, it's it's clearly an attack on anyone who's Christian, white, or who would be evangelical. And I got that very clearly when it's ta- start talking about Billy Graham okay. and then Franklin Graham. Yeah. And so, uh, and then there's, there's a video, uh, and the video <laughs> has Franklin Graham speaking out against homosexuality, which he's done over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really the, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, I don't need to, to defend or, or criticize that we have episodes about, uh, intersex and homosexuality and uh, yeah, go back know, and that. listen to those if you're interested. Yeah, please, and and there'll be there'll be more coming. But uh, we even interviewed Greg Johnson, who's um, who's a homosexual pastor in our denomination. Check out those episodes. But um, anyway, in there he says uh, in this video with Franklin Graham, they have him quoted as saying, "Putin has taken a stand to protect his nation's children." From the damaging effects of any gay and lesbian agenda, America's own morality has fallen. Okay, I saw this video, I saw the quote, and I was appalled to think that in the light of this war, Franklin Graham would make a comment like that. Yeah. And then I found out that the video, which was put into this article published two days ago, is from 2014. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So they, <laughs> so they've taken and made it look like he was saying that in light of Russia's attack on Ukraine, defending okay. what they're doing. That is shameless and Absolutely. reckless journalism. Absolutely, that's horrendous, horrendous. And all that, and it, and it almost caught me for a second. I'm like, I can't believe he would say that in this time. Yeah. And then I said, wait a second. This is MSNBC. Let me check it out. And I started scrolling around. I Good saw, for oh, you. Look, the video says 2014. This is just wretched. You know, I haven't paid attention to MSNBC or Fox News or really CNN, um, any of those, in a very long time. And this, and you are. Uh, if ever I was, I'm tempted to go back to that. That you've uh, pushed me away. <laughs> I just reminded you for any yeah. of those. I mean, it's just it's. I it's just nuts. reminded you That's why right. not. Yeah, that's right. No, it's it's. Te- you know, I'm not a huge fan of Franklin Graham. However, uh, that is a shameless attack against him. That is ridiculous. Yep. Yep. And it's uh, so again. What are they doing here? What's the agenda? Yeah, the agenda yeah. is to is to make Christians look stupid. Um, evangelicals, ridiculous. Franklin Graham included as uh-huh. one of their leaders, um, as as gay hating homophobe yes. Uh, fascists. Yes. yes. I was reading some other article where they actually just are, are calling any conservative a fascist. Right. Um, and uh, well, and this I, is exactly man, what's this is exactly what we were saying earlier. That okay, so here's someone who, uh, I, 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 let's see, I don't want to 
um, again, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that I want to endorse all of what Franklin Graham is saying. Sure, but sure. He I'm, is, not, I'm not saying that either. Right. I know you're not. I know you're not. Um, but he is saying, yes, this. he agrees with the sexual ethic of Vladimir Putin's policies. Right. And and so then that person is like uh, the, the journalist is using that to imply that Franklin Graham is endorsing Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine right now. Right, right. And that is just that. So so there it is on the left, right? So we have we got a really clear view <laughs> right. on the on the right, and you just brought us a very what is going on here? We yeah, we need I, to be more yeah. nuanced. For sure. It just, we need to be able to have dialogue. That's why, you know, one of the reasons we started the Hopper podcast is just to try to give an example uh, and to, to try to challenge left and right in its, in its errant thinking. And um, the media is just, it's a hotbed of, of just turning people against each other. And this, this polarization is, is really damaging. Um, it's bad. Right yeah. after he read, I mean, a couple days, I guess, after the, uh, the beginning of the invasion, I was at a patient's house, uh, and uh, so a, a man uh, just diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer, and he's got also got dementia. So I was talking with his wife. He was the man was sitting next to me, and I'm talking with his wife. I'm just meeting them for the first time, and uh, she said she brought up the subject. Um, she said one of the things I'm really worried about is what's going on with Putin and Ukraine, and uh, you know, isn't it terrible? She said, isn't it terrible that uh, Russia is invading Ukraine? I said, yeah, it's terrible. She said, um, uh, betraying her politics, and I think probably trying to uh, get me to side with her. She said, uh, uh, if President Trump was the president now, I'll bet that uh, Putin wouldn't have done that. And I said, well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, Trump has pretty clearly said um, that he thinks that um, when when asked if what he thinks about it, about the invasion, he is he said different from all the other pre- ex presidents. He said it's a genius move. Right. That was mostly what he had said at that point. She said, "Are you serious?" I said, "Yeah, that's what Trump said." She said, yeah. "What?" And and she said, "Yeah." Oh, well, I need to go back and look yeah. at that again. He did come out and say this would never have happened if I was still in office. Um, and you know, he was, and the, and the question is, what does he think is, is because he was so tough because so strong. And yeah, then yeah. he went ahead and answered that and said, um, it's because of the way Biden pulled us out of Afghanistan that Putin got in his mind that he could take Ukraine. Yeah. And, and that's okay. So I don't know a whole lot about geopolitics, but I do know that Putin has been working on this project, um, for a very, decades. very long time. <laughs> He's been playing yeah. the long game. It is not about yeah. that. It, that is um, another thing that has frustrated me about this. Um, so, I, again, I don't know about, a lot about geopolitics, but I do know that—who uh, was it? I heard someone else say that uh, Putin did this uh, in order to influence the coming midterm elections in the United States. And okay, mm. no, no, come on. This is uh, United States is yeah. not the center of the world, and right. <laughs> uh, not everyone who does anything is trying to influence American politics. Now, I'm not saying yeah, that there's, that's... you know, wow, that is cuckoo bananas, and that's uh, I think that that's delusions of grandeur, huh? And I think that sounds to me like what Trump um, 
is saying. If he's saying, oh, it's because of Biden, you know, he perceives Biden as weak. That's why he did this. No, he's been working. Putin has been working on this for a very long time. Yeah. And is it possible that he perceives Biden as weak and Afghanistan was as a blunder? And oh, his sure. Opportunity? Sure. Sure. But that doesn't mean that that Trump would have prevented this or that that even those hypotheticals are helpful at this point. No. Um, yeah. And, and really, it's it, the thought, again, that what's going on to this large country of of other Christians, typically, um, and the the killing and the destroying and the the potential use of of war crime um, weapons, uh, vacuum bombs and cluster bombs. And, My understanding is that he's uh, there's already been at least one vacuum bomb used. Yeah, I mean this this is this is terrible, and to yeah. try to use it politically, yeah, for a power grab in in our country is just it's par for the course, but it's really shameless. It's really shameless. And both sides are doing it. Yeah. 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 Well, man, I, we can talk about this for a long time, but I think this is a good stopping point. Good call. Um, and we'll pick up on it again later as things develop. Sound yeah. good? That sounds great. Uh, we're going to continue to to pray for and do whatever we can to help the people of Ukraine and those in Russia also who are suffering. You know, when the angel appeared... Um, to the shepherds uh, at the birth of the Christ, the advent of Jesus. Yes. Um, you know, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Um, and it just makes me want to say, come Lord Jesus, um, mm. your kingdom come, your will mm. be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Because this yeah. is terrible, terrible stuff. Hey, this is Dave with the Hopper Podcast. If you can't find a politician or media outlet that represents your views, you're not alone. You've got a home right here. We've broken free from the cultural and political narratives that dominate the landscape. There are more of us than you might realize. So help us grow the Hopper podcast. Find your favorite episode and click the share button and put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or somewhere else. Thanks. Hey, Willie. Um, I saw a movie a little while ago called Eye in the Sky. Okay. I asked you if you had seen it. I know you, you haven't yet. Um, I recommend it. It, it is a, um, it's a war film. Okay, and it came out before, obviously, uh, the invasion of Ukraine. Okay, um, and it, it. Let me tell you the the. I won't give this. Uh, I won't spoil it. But okay. here's the premise of the movie. Eye in the sky. You have. Yes, Eye which in the sky. is about. Okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's about a drone. Okay. Oh. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, and the drone is is flying over. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember what country now. Sorry. Okay. Sure. Uh, that's the way my brain is in the. You know me in the details. Fredonia. Um, it, it's in, I think it's in a uh, well, it's, I can't remember. It's in a country in Africa. <laughs> okay. And uh, and it's British intelligence in London, um, and they are in in correspondence with uh, American intelligence. Uh -huh. And then there's a pilot, and he is he's somewhere else. So yeah. it's, it's showing how this is a, a big geopolitical. You know, the, the geography here of warfare is all spread out all over yeah. the globe. Yeah. yeah. And. And so they, they find some known terrorists that are top, uh, you know, there's like three of them in one location, and they're within the top six most wanted terrorists in the world. Okay. Okay. And they have uh, people on the ground, but it's in a, it's a very um, militant Muslim area, and they're well protected, and they're in a safe house. Um, and so they want to, they want to blow up this, this house that they're in. Yeah. 
Um, and so the, the British uh, military wants this, but they've got to go through the political uh, steps. And they're also corresponding with the Americans who are actually going to pull the trigger. And so there's political steps there. And while this is happening, the people on the ground are, um, you know, they have little bugs and ways that they're trying to track where these people are. Mm-hmm. And that there's that's very intense and um, there's danger involved there. Uh, and the, the whole thing winds up to the big question of whether they should, they should blow up this house or not, because there are civilians around. Yeah. And so it, it, it asks the question, um, about collateral damage and, uh, preemptive striking. Uh, now the other part of the story is that they're not just meeting in this house, but they are, um, they've recruited some suicide bombers and they're actively strapping them with explosives mm. Mm. to send them out to do some sort of, you know, mission. And there's two or three of them. I think there was three of them and they're, they're vesting them up and they can see this on camera while they're trying to make this decision um, to engage or to let this group do their harm and play the political battle against them. Do you physically stop them with warfare material and, collateral damage of civilians or do you allow them to do their evil and then try to, to follow up wow it's a it's a great uh, it's an intense movie and it it those questions i think are so uh fitting for this day and age yes um, and then it's just interesting about the the way it's uh it, it is spaced out over the globe you know yeah it's all over the the map what's going on yeah uh and how they're corresponding through technology. So mm. what are your initial thoughts about that? Having not seen the movie? Yeah, I haven't seen the movie. And so I can, but, but the idea of drone warfare where there are no actual people in, involved in the drone, right? So it's a, yeah. uh, uh, I think that has completely changed warfare and the mm-hmm. ethics of warfare. And that's something that's interesting to me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it was great. We saw it uh, as a family as yeah. we're watching it, it uh-huh. you know, and it was it was my palms were a little sweaty at times. I was definitely interested, okay, and it, in, engaged. But we we kept having conversations throughout, like, what would you do? What would you do? Yeah. And afterward, we had a long discussion. You know, how would you handle this? What would it look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, the, yeah. Part of the, okay. So I haven't seen the. I definitely want to see the movie now. You you recommended it to me, and then it it was just you 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 said it was Eye in the Sky, and you didn't tell me yes. any more than that. Um, and so then the the title is not that interesting to me. But then when you say that it's about drones, then I'm super interested because, you know, uh, it uh, drones take away the. Uh, they change the ethics in this way. They take away the risk uh, with killing people. In the with, si- with your people. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. That, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that uh, in a similar way that when we moved from like swords and bows and arrows to uh, guns. Like, right. whoa, that changes warfare completely. Completely. Yeah. Right. And so now drones just, you know, is again, the ethics are totally different. And you can be on the other side of the world and just go and kill someone. And then now you're not, you're not anywhere near them. 
Right. And it's interesting that you say, I hadn't even thought about it, but the ethics of what about distributing it so that you got one person who's flying the drone, another person who's getting permission from this person, another person who's pulling the trigger, another person who's arming the... the, And so you have so many people involved in this decision that all of them can... Uh, you know, wash their hands clean of it. So I wasn't the right. I wasn't the one. Right. right. It's it's fascinating. You got to watch it. You're gonna love it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, and of course, uh, I am uh, not a pacifist, but pretty close to it. Pretty mm. close to a pacifist. There are times to use deadly weapons, and I think that they are far, far, far fewer than what we typically do. And so, and, uh, so these drones, man, um, it really changes things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super interested in this. Yeah. And just like you said, the, the, the web of politics and players involved in this one decision, Yeah, you know, um, and, and the ethics of preemptively striking the collateral damage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the agreements with governments, um, which is really kind of brings in the whole, the, all, all the ideologies um, of, you know, the, uh, some of the Islamic world and then some uh-huh. of the Western secular world yeah. um, and the conflicts there. It's just, yeah, uh, I would love for you to watch it and we'll, we can talk about it again. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, if you have seen Eye in the Sky, uh, write to us at the Hopper Podcast at gmail.com and, and uh, let's have a discussion about it. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Write us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to thehopperpodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll discuss whether or not airplane barf bags are large enough to really be effective. <laughs> That's a great topic. I'm sure you want you know someone who needs to listen to that show. Be a pal, tell them about the show, and send them a link. And if they still don't listen, set their phone to the Japanese language only. Oh, yeah. Or you could be sure to subscribe and follow. You don't want to miss any episodes about Japanese phones. That's true. The Hopper Podcast is produced with the help of Tiny Kangaroos.